For all the success Square Enix had with Final Fantasy VII and VIII in bringing in a new generation of fans, Final Fantasy IX proved to be a little bit of a whiplash. Some newcomers to the series didn't quite know what to make of it at first, as the game dispensed with the more modern and sci-fi contemporary settings of the previous two games and returned the series to its much more high-fantasy roots. Despite its lower sales numbers than 7 and 8, this love letter to the franchise's origins and classic plot elements proved to be a winning formula, garnering critical acclaim and ending the PS1 era on a positive note. It just turned 20, so y'all know what that means. Let's head back to Terra. It's Final Fantasy IX, next on Downloadable Content. Content. I am Brian, and with me we have Ronnie. Hello. We have Deja. Hello. And for her first time ever making her DLC debut, we have Tatiana. Hello. Welcome aboard. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. Ten years in, and we're still drawing in new people. This is lovely. Absolutely <laughs> lovely. And we're talking about a game that has themes of community and friendship and things that we really need to know about in 2020. Oh, 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 oh we're going to have some veiled political pot shots in this episode, aren't we? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I have no notes for this episode, so. If I had been on the 14 one, that's all I would have talked about for Shadowbringers. <laughs> Vaughry, like, you can't tell me that's not. Anyway. A deliberate reference to Trump, yeah, the, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, definitely is. But that is not that is not nine. That comes uh, several several episodes mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but it yes. took them like what ten twelve years to get up to five more. Something. Like mm-hmm. But yes, it's all Final Fantasy Nine. So before we dive into this episode, just want to remind everyone that every single episode of downloadable content can be found on our website, dlcpodcast.com, as well as iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Spotify, as we drag ourselves into into just even more platforms, finding no, more- no Podbean. Uh, no Podbean, but I am working. I'm working on eight track and Betamax. Okay. At least, at least, you, at least you're get You're not forgetting eight track. Yep. Laserdisc. I'm having some trouble with, but you know, it's a ripe community. It is. It is. You know, get it on vinyl for all the hipsters out there. Anyway, but yes, all the different ways to get downloadable content into your ears. Uh, check us out. Uh, check. Uh, give us feedback. Check out upcoming episodes. Give us feedback. Give us ideas for future episodes. It's all there. DLCpodcast.com. All right. Well, Final Fantasy IX, which... I love Final Fantasy IX. 
Clearly. <laughs> it, it is Deja's favorite of all time. That That is one of the earliest things I learned about her. Well, this, this was a game that I played about 18 years ago. Uh, for the first time, it, I fin- I started it right after I had finished seven and eight, so I was still very, very new <laughs> to JRPGs and Final Fantasy in, in general. So, you know, a lot of the game's story, a lot of its plot elements and themes, uh, were kind of lost on me at sixteen years old. Uh, so I, I. I was sort of confused by this game when I first played it for for the reasons I said right in the intro that I came into the series with 7 and 8 so a lot of the a lot more contemporary a lot more modern a lot more sci-fi and and sort of gritty so starting this game with its with its very very obvious high fantasy elements I'm just like wait wait huh what what what, what game am I playing me now i was like you i my well i don't know if this is exactly your narrative but my first game console was playstation 1 when i was like 12 and my first rpg i rented from blockbuster ooh uh was final fantasy 7 and like a year later i actually bought it and finished it then it was like right out so i played that one and finished it because it was kind of meh to me sorry for people who like it um nothing wrong with that it just wasn't for me and then nine was out in 2000 and i was still on the oh my god it's a new one where's my 60 bucks i gotta go get this i started it and even though all like the psm reviews were like it's a throwback to like all the older final fantasies i didn't know any of those i didn't care like you start off this game a, in a ship, you think? Like you're just you're in the dark, and then there's a dude with a tail, and you're like, I'm all right. He's got a tail. That's cool. And then I, when a mask jumps out, and you got to fight him first thing. I'm like, oh, this is like seven. Like the action is starting right now. Then the moment that Vivi came out, I knew I w- I knew this was uh, I was in love. <laughs> Vivi is love. Yeah. I want a tattoo of him someday. When, when <laughs> I get money and decide how exactly I want him to be graved in my flesh forever. <laughs> I was going to say, I. Sorry. Go on. Yeah, sorry. Um, uh, so I, I actually, my first Final Fantasy was six, and I played four and five afterwards. So I did have a bit of the old school ones before I dove into the PS1 era. So. Maybe nine wasn't so much of a uh, of a what the hell is going on kind of game, but uh, yeah, no, I it's still one of my top five in the series. I was gonna say for for me, uh, I guess I'm the I'm the oldest school in that I I started with Final Fantasy one, and RPGs have been my genre of choice my entire life. So I had a, a wealth of old school RPGs under my belt by the time I hit nine, and it felt like such a love letter to both older Final Fantasies, but also to the genre of RPGs as a whole. 
I, I would definitely agree with that, especially now having played a lot more RPGs personally in the last 20 years. Then, yeah, and what, going into my, my, my playthrough of it that I, I did, uh, that I finished only th about three weeks ago, you know, at the time of this recording, you know, playing through it again for the first time in nearly two decades, I gained a much better appreciation for it. There was so much of Nine that I had forgotten. So it was almost like I, it was almost like I was playing it for the first time. And the, the themes and the stories resonated a lot more with me. And I liked the game so much better now at age 34 than I ever did at 16. I think that's a common narrative, and I'm only saying that because of one or two people that I've known in my life, but... So, you know, back in the day of the AOLs and whatnot, um, people would just be like, Oh, you like Final Fantasy? What's your favorite Final Fantasy? And circa you know, the early 2000s, most people would say 7. Possibly they'd say 6. Um... People occasionally would say eight. Uh, Ronnie and I have a friend who, I don't know if she still feels this way, but eight in high school was like a game for her. Um, still is. It is? Okay. So, since, May, like, I had said seven sometimes, and then sometimes I'd flip to nine, and I'd kind of flip back, but since the start of college, I, like, nine was my number one. Just filled me with... Like happiness and sadness and nostalgia, just just everything. Um, and it wasn't quite as convoluted as seven. Even when I was a teenager playing it, I knew that I can understand what's going on here. Um, but I, a friend in college who would basically be like, "Oh, that game sucks. You're wrong." Or I would have people online say, "I'm sorry," when I would say that nine was my favorite, which. Really, that's your reaction? Like, we can go into that instead of, oh, okay, it's not my favorite, but that's fine. Like, why are you apologizing? Favorite game, you don't have a choice in this. But, cut to uh, maybe, I don't know, five to ten years after uh, I graduated college, I remember seeing the same person on Facebook talking about how they had replayed Nine and was amazing. And I don't remember if I sent them a message being like, I freaking told you, welcome. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was like more life experience. You can like appreciate certain concepts better or not, but I've been a sucker for the concept of what does it mean to be human in storytelling since Probably high school, so that's part of the reason that it's a favorite game of mine. That is a heavy theme in this game. Absolutely. So, Brian, after you saying uh, that when when you recently replayed it, I was going to go, oh, you know, I I replayed it uh, like a year ago, so like it's pretty fresh in my mind. Then I went and looked because I log all my video games. I finished it in April this year. It just feels like it's been a year. 
the these last four, uh, three and some years have felt like three hundred. I mean, especially here in the age of plague, where time has lost all meaning. It has been like four months, and I thought it was over a year. I, I feel like it's I have, been so long. I feel like I have aged several centuries since February. <laughs> so I totally understand. Um, uh, uh, something I recently discovered about my my streaming program that I use is that it records all of my streams, and I only noticed that because I was looking at my how much hard drive space I had left. I'm like. How the fuck do I have almost no hard drive? Where did what happened? Oh, oh, my my streaming program by default records all my videos, so I have like a bunch of these two and three hour long videos from my stream. So I have my entire thirty six hour or so playthrough of Final Fantasy Nine recorded. That's pretty quick. Never never have to play it again you can just rewatch it i can yeah i can just relive it including all of my various cussings and swearings for you know when i get to like you know i, I saved the bulk of my cussing and swearing for necron so before we uh we, we dive in any further uh yeah nine ten minutes into the podcast spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> There will be spoilers abound. I know this game is 20 years and the statute of limitations, I think, may have expired. But if you really, really, if you want to play this game and you never have, stop listening, play the game, and then come back. We'll still be here. Get it on the Switch. That's how I replayed it. Like, I finished it Thursday night. (laughs) So, funny that. I, my, you know, I, when I played this originally, it was on PS1, like everyone else. Um, when I played this, uh, this time, I played it on PC, but I played it with a mod. There's a specific mod, uh, called, the uh, Moguri mod, which improves the graphics tremendously. Because if you just play the, the, just play it straight on your PC, uh, it looks horrible. It absolutely looks discuss it's like oh because square used these the uh, like the low resolution lossy jpegs for all of its backgrounds and it looks it looks like a 20 year old ps1 game yeah but i think think they're still lovely they're just grainy oh you saying uh tatiana i was saying it's not it's not as bad as the original ff7 no 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 but but I was playing original FF Seven. You mean the remake wasn't the first one? Because uh, all I all I can remember is the remake. Now I don't I don't think there was an original game. I I think remake was just something they put at the end because it's Namura. He wants to fuck with people. I haven't actually played the remake. <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven Kingdom Hearts. Uh- <laughs> oh oh. Let's not dive into that can of worms. Back into- <laughs> <laughs> steering us back on topic here, but but yeah. So I played with this mod, and it it whoever whoever did this mod to upscale and and prettify the background graphics and and the sprites, just well done. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing what Square apparently refuses to do. So, but you know, just some of of like. 
the, the characters like Zidane, for example. I mean, he is he is the main character. He is the, he is your your protagonist. He he's your avatar throughout this entire thing. But personally, I think Vivi is the star of the game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, sure you see, sure you play as Zidane, but. You know, over the course of the game, all the characters have have some manner of character growth, obviously. But I think Vivi's was the most powerful and impactful. So you're saying that Va so you're saying that uh, Zidane like is total. just the an early version of Vaughn from Twelve. Oh God, no, no! Please don't <laughs> Zidane's that. way better, but the, the the general concept of <laughs> playing this guy who's sort of going on someone else's journey with them. Yes. Like, you know. I I don't think that it's Vivi's game. I think that it is basically all the characters other than Zidane's, because all of them, other than maybe Amaranth, are are main characters of their own journey that Zidane just happens to be on. Well, Vivi does get the final speech in the game. That sort of like he gets to sum it up. So, well, I absolutely agree on that. But I could also say that. Garnet's plotline drives the plot more than any other character. Yes. Yeah, true. I've had lots of discussions with Ronnie about this. Like, as I've been replaying it, I've just been kind of word vomiting on him, all of my thoughts <laughs> and stuff. Because, like, so I've I've beaten the game. I'm still gonna say twice. It's technically three times, but I admit that with the uh, Switch version, to make sure that I got through it um, for this i the switch version has like you can't really call it hacks but like basically if you go into the pause menu there's buttons where you can like up battles you can not do random battles you can hit for um 9999 damage and you can also do it's called like battle assist where i think the only attacks that do anything is if it's more damage than the health you have you instant die but you're okay, also one sharma tranced yeah, anything that does enough damage to kill you in one hit or does insta-death still affects you, but other than that, you are instantly healed the moment you take damage. And so near, damage. like, middle of disc three, I was just kind of like, I'm just going to do this so I can finish the game. Because <laughs> I've I've restarted it many times in the 20 years. They're kind of like me in Final Fantasy VII, where I've played disc one more times than I can remember for comfort if that makes sense like I'm just like I really want to go back to Midgar and then I just see the Midgar part so the same thing kind of goes with 9 where I really like the Mist Continent everything yeah. with Alexandria and Lindbergh not Lindbergh yeah Lind Lindblum sorry and uh, air, uh, the, the steam powered airship or mist powered airships um, the fact that you get to ride one really early in the game even if you don't uh, control it interesting because in seven it takes a while to get the high wind and then in eight you have the seed thing but i hated that because it just kind of floated around and i just hated it um yeah there was a lot of comfort for that but then that means that i couldn't remember much of disc three to disc four so even though i had replayed it to completion a couple years ago and i got all 100 um Tetra Master cards. Took a screenshot of it. I was very proud of that. Um, <laughs> it'd be uh, all the memoria and all that stuff. I could not remember a lick of it. Gotta collect them all. 
like, like I, 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 like in, in most JRPGs, I mean, this, this, this game starts off innocent enough. It's like, ah, you know, we're going to, gonna kidnap the princess, and then by the end of it, it's kill God. So <laughs> it's always kill. It's God. always kill. It's Final Fantasy. Is it, is it not even Final Fantasy? Is it really a JRPG? Well, if yeah. you don't have a pair of, if you don't have a group of teenagers killing God by the end, exactly. Like. What sort of series of of of, con- of situations did it take to get to this point? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like what, like what one can I think of that didn't have a pair of teenagers killing God by the end? Lufia, where you have a time jump, so you are a group of adults going to kill God. Ah, again. okay. <laughs> <laughs> there we hey, go. That 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 was that is a game I would love to talk about someday because it starts off as a normal JRPG. Then it cuts a t- with a time jump with the two people who were into each other being married with a kid. The villains kidnap their kid in the second half of the game is them going after their infant child and fi- to finally end this. And that is a story you don't hear about in JRPGs. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> that, is, that is very true. But, you know, just, you know, story, story-wise for this game, like... You spend the first, you know, several hours of this game, like trying to just to just to feel around, just to just to, just to like, okay, what what are you trying to do? It's like, okay, yes, you're you're on this, you're in this uh, theater troupe, you're going to perform play, you're going to kidnap the princess, but ho ho, plot twist, the princess wants to be kidnapped. That whole that whole you know scene where you know you finally you meet uh, Garnet. And, you know, you're going to go kid- kidnap Garnet, but then Garnet just falls on Sedane, just like, take me away, please. Please. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, this is an interesting development. And it's like that sort of, that Zidane sort of gets flustered for a second, like, uh, this wasn't part of the plan. <laughs> I but I'll roll with it because he fought. <laughs> yeah. After playing seven and eight, like even though it was yet another kind of blonde male character and a brunette female character, which Final Fantasy since seven seems to love that, but it's a weird Skull aesthetic had choice. Brown hair. It was whatever. <laughs> hair to dark hair. I just always felt like all the characters kind of looked the same a little bit. I mean, um, you can't really call Squall blonde. Yeah. All right. Fine. <laughs> I, I clearly lose that thought, but um, fact that I had played seven and eight. It's okay, I understand you block all thoughts of eight out of your mind. It's under. I understand. Am anyway. I the only person here who likes eight? Again, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's some good stuff in it. I just like it was really disjointed. But that's a whole I other conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't dislike eight. Um, but it's no, it, it would be down towards the bottom of my favorite Final Fantasies. But considering I've played almost every Final Fantasy, something's got to be by the bottom. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. Well. You were saying, anyway, so, so the fact that Cloud was kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't want, and Squall was like, half his dialogue was dot, dot, dot. Have <laughs> Zidane have all this energy and kind of some flirty behavior but he was he he didn't quite cross that line 
uh, and then Garnet, get off the bat, isn't sort of trying to be like demure or, or anything. She's just like, yeah, I got to get the fuck away. We have to go find my uncle. Oh, yeah, you're going to kidnap me? Great, let's just go. Got to get away from my weird babysitter who I can hear a mile away. <laughs> yeah, the dang was really a breath of fresh air, I got to say, yeah. Yeah, that's just not starting off on this sort of uh, moody sort of sort of down notes. Just it, it, it was kind of nice. And yeah, well, all, all, all the modern Final Fantasy had started in media res. They'd all started in the middle of stuff. Right. This, yes, you, yes, there's that little fight with Baku at the very beginning, but. This has a very a much lower key opening, more similar to all of the older games. Yes, that's true. Yep. Yeah, because the real start of the game is just Vivi coming into Alexandria, and you know that's very low key. Exactly. So like, like, since you can take like an hour to just explore and do mini games and stuff. This the jump rope. <laughs> yep. And you know, there's no more jump rope. <laughs> and there, there is. There's just a lot of, even in its most serious moments, there's a lot of of humor interjected throughout. Like that is, if, if you notice, that is one of the ways Zidane copes with a very serious moment. He makes light mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, very much so. And I have to say, like the first time I played the game was in French. And um, not only was that one of the very best French translations of a video game that I've ever played, but um, they really, really, really kept the humor. In places, it was actually funnier than the English version. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if just I wonder if just the uh, the the localization into French uh, took more of of the original Japanese and you know did more with it as opposed to the English, but. That's From what I understand for modern Final Fantasies, um, which started with 9 and 10, the French localization has always been really strong. Um, and a lot of that is they do keep far more of the original intent than the the English or uh, several of the other blanket versions. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. But yeah. Yeah, I was I actually learned about that from... Uh, they were doing a thing, they, they did an expose thing on Final Fantasy XIV, and mm -hmm. uh, it's a localization to other languages, and that was one of the things they talked about, was how French had had a very strong localization for, for a very long time, and that uh, I think they said they used that structure as the basis for the other uh, localizations for XIV. Okay, cool. Bit up for the French localization team. <laughs> there you go. So, um, just like, like again, you spend the first few hours of the game in Alexandria doing this whole, this whole mockery of a performance. Uh, I want to be your crow. Canary. Oh, the bootleg tickets. Yeah. Yeah. She, she knows it's canary, right? I know. It, yeah, that's, you get, and you get just, so disappointed when you get when you. Vivi like, just like slumps over. Uh. 
and you want to give them a hug like they're there. Yeah. I know, I know. You bought it from Ticketmeister and not Ticketmaster. I know. It's an, it's an honest mistake. <laughs> There's a lot of Meisters in the, Alexandria. Like, yes! So. Those, the Meisters in the kitchen of Alexandria Castle. <laughs> the Ticketmeister is hiding in the corner and is like, hey, bro, you want tickets? <laughs> <laughs> uh... The, the the flamenco dancing sword fight. Oh yeah, that was good. I've I've replayed that many times just because I wanted wanted I wanted Sensei to notice me. I wanted Braun to give me the item that you can like the best item that you can get. I forget yeah. what it was, but it's like a or an add on or something. And also a ton of gear. Kind of cool. You, the the better you do, the more gill you get, and it's just like just throw it at you. Yeah, it's yeah. just like yes, please, please. I'm I uh, please. I will happily bankrupt your economy as long as I keep doing this. Uh, <laughs> also, I just straight up think it's funny where if you do it like twenty times because they just keep encoring that. If you think about how it is, like there's this just random fight scene in the middle of this play that took an hour. <laughs> that doesn't seem like good writing. <laughs> it was Dragon Ball Z levels of uh, of writing, <laughs> but you, you know you, you do all that and you, you know you you, you get the uh, uh, they just to just to clarify what you just said. Uh, if you get the full one, you get the moon stone. Yes, it wasn't moon stone. that early. Okay. Yep. Yep. And you know. I love the fact that, you know, as you're making your escape and Garnet reveals herself to be on the ship and, you know, suddenly Brawny is just like, all right, no, no that's it. You're going down. <laughs> Did you say Brawny? I've never known how to pronounce it. I've always said, like, Brawny. Brawny? I say, I say Brawny. I, I, say, I, 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 say, I say Brawny. That's how I've always pronounced it, but... Good question. What is the actual pronunciation? <laughs> I, I, for, well, I had to clarify because I thought you were saying my name. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like how when I first started playing Final Fantasies, I said Chocobo for the longest time because it's not like they said it in the game. And I heard somebody say Chocobo once and I went, what? That's not how it is. <laughs> it's interesting how your brain processes Cho Chocobo stuff. sounds like a chocolate Chocobo. <laughs> Aha! There we go. Profit. Well, I used to call like Zidane Zidane like the football player, so... <laughs> they actually had to change his name in the French version. They they, uh, they renamed him DJ, so Gidon. Okay, just so that people didn't go like, this is name stealing. Yeah, yeah. Without And also without the headbutting, but... <laughs> <laughs> There's a red flag, anyway. Uh, a red card, but um, anyway. But as I was playing this for the first time, you know, going through this this whole scene, escaping uh, of from Alexandria to the forest, the um, was it the the mist forest there or the evil forest? Evil, evil forest. forest. I was still kind of waiting for the game to actually start. <laughs> There's a, a long open when you're playing it the first time. And you're like, okay, so like, when are we gonna get to the Be game? Yeah, because uh, you, when you get to the evil forest is when you actually get your your your, your first actual battle. 
like I know you, you have like the the battle scenes where you, you know you pretend fight during the the play during the show, but the evil forest is when it actually matters now. Which sidebar? That's kind of a sort of genius way to sort of sneak a tutorial in there a little bit. Isn't it just? <laughs> granted, very- it's not telling you like press A to do blah blah blah, but by going can't really die in this sort of experiment and figure it out if you've never played one before. The evil force, a place that hates you in a passive-aggressive sort of way. (laughs) I mean, really, I I know we're not quite to that point yet, but there is absolutely no reason that the forest petrifies itself other than it hates you personally so much that it will commit suicide if it takes you with it. Never thought about it that way, but that is true. <laughs> and you never know. You never that was think- one of the points I owe oh, whenever I played the game where I was like, why is this happening? Okay, the only the only justification I have is this forest hates you so much that it will kill itself if it takes you with it. Because it doesn't un unpetrify. No, nope. so you wonder, you wonder, you know, this forest... Maybe we'll find out why it did that when Final Fantasy IX Part Two. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was a question I had playing through this the second time was... I, I, I never thought about why the forest do that. I, I never did. I just kind of went with it. <laughs> yeah, same. But now, you know, I'm you know, playing through it again and going through this, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting bit of... What, has this forest been literally waiting for Zidane and company at this exact moment in time to finally I mean, I go, suppose a, go the, yes! I, I suppose the concept could be, and I'm just sort of headcanoning it to make it make sense in my head. Um, if it's known as the evil forest, why would anyone go purposely into it, right? So the boss clearly wants to eat you. What if like the forest is just so freaking hungry and now also you're escaping that either if it doesn't eat for like a certain amount of time it just petrifies why it would be that quick i don't know but i don't know like i kind of get me try to make it make sense in my head that way it's the mist <laughs> i prefer to just say the forest everything else i don't know it, but like the the forest probably is just going yes tantalus is here i can finally get my revenge for some perceived slight but you know maybe you, cinnapede on a tree me one time what were you saying tatiana i'm saying maybe cinnapede on a tree at some point and the forest never forgave him oh, you would. It just held a grudge. you pissed on me now you die uh, <laughs> how dare you crash your airship into me yeah basically but you know you it's here in the evil forest where you know you get your your first really sort of of feels moment, depending on how attached you were to blank. It's hard to be that attached to a character that quickly. You know what did end up getting me a little attached to him. I love this about the game because we'll get into the um, ATEs later, but the fact that. They didn't just end that there, and you never saw him again, and Tantalus was just like, well, you know, uh, in classic anime fashion, it can't be helped, he's just dead now. 
but the fact that every once in a while it would cut away to we're gonna figure out a way to get blank out and then it shows you that they managed to get the super soft and get him out and now everyone's back together yeah that that was a very strong point it really showed them as a team it's not something you get very often you didn't get that in seven or eight Branching off of that from both Tatiana and Deja there, you know, I, I do want to spend a second talking about the ATEs because I, so few games that I personally have played has this type of mechanic. Like, yeah, I, I like this, like the, the whole meanwhile mechanic. No, Stephen Colbert, not that meanwhile, but <laughs> but the whole like, quarantine while uh, quarantine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the whole meanwhile mechanic that this game has, and I don't know if any other Final Fantasy has this this mechanic. I can't think of another. I don't. The oh, okay, so this is this is loosely basing it. It's not the exact one, but uh, fourteen occasionally does have a at least in Shadowbringers it had a like it would literally would say meanwhile and then was showing you what was happening back on Eorzea, so that they did that to up the next. Um, they did that before that. They did it as early one. as Heaven's Sword, where yeah, it was. No, showing... I mean, I know it's not exactly the same, yeah. but I'm, I'm just saying, like when in Heaven's Sword, when you were stuck in Ishgard, they would do meanwhiles of other parts of the world. Um, so it, it's it's a evolution of that. Okay, but I mean, just haven't got that far yet. <laughs> in, in, in in this game, particularly, just. I loved that. You know, I thought that was a great way to enhance the storytelling. To 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 take you away from the main action just for a few minutes, just to know what was going on, because that that was like you're exactly right, Deej. They could they the the writers could have chosen to not do anything more with blank. They're just like, well, the forest turned him into stone. He, he's just been palum and porumed to death. We're not going to do That's what I was about to say, is that nobody can tell me that isn't a direct reference to palum and porum, especially with the Tantalus members having their own quest to try to find the super soft. Uh-huh. And I thought that yeah. was just... just beautiful just and 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 you know sp and these kind of at the, the act of time event moments were just sprinkled throughout the game and it was it was absolutely one of my favorite ways to enhance the storytelling and i wish more rpgs did that it's because it makes you care about more of the past yes absolutely and part of it is they final fantasy 9 is a very not that there isn't plot there absolutely is a plot but it is a very character driven game and it is very much about character growth and character realizations and most of the ates are character building moments yeah that definitely. yeah that that would probably have been glossed over in a lot of other games but in this they want you get those moments they want you to see these characters grow because they want you to become attached to them and their stories because in uh, in nine the plot only matters as much as you as much as it matters to the characters in it you care about the plot because you care about garnet confronting her mother and trying to to bring her back from the brink you care about the plot because you care about Vivi finding out what he is and what he, what he was meant to be and what he's choosing to be. Like, 
you only care about the plot in nine. It, it is structured so you care about the plot because of what the plot means. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty. That's a pretty good way of phrasing that. As you were talking about that, I think the only other the only other comparison for, uh, for me that came to mind was uh, in Final Fantasy VI when the party gets separated and you have to play out those three or four uh, yep. different scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So, like, I, and again, just you're exactly right. Like, as as whereas the uh, whereas the like the the story is driven by events beyond your control you you get to see all of this character development and it's so so much fun to watch because it is like and you can choose um yeah like some of them you have a choice of which one you want to see others you don't others are mandatory but all of them serve the same function, and just my, my favorite moments in the, in the story were, I mean, as I said, I, I think Vivi is the star of the show here. So you mentioned Vivi's uh, ATEs. And you're right, some of, the, some of the greatest character building moments that we see from Vivi are, like, for me, the, one, the, the ones that stand out the most are the ones where he's talking to... Uh, the Black Mages in Black Mage Village. I think number two thirty nine. Think yeah. that yeah, like thirty eight. No, two eighty eight. Something that doesn't really matter. Yeah, there's the two. one, the one, the one who seems to be very woke. Like when, when, when the, the all of the dialogue talking about how these Black Mages just one day stopped existing. They just stopped. Like the concept of death. It's it's kind of you to use our words, but you can say what we both know. They died. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good line. Yeah, and and even you want to watch another good AT, Bobby Corwin. Oh, uh, yes, yes. I was playing it this time. I was like, it has to be like, like an inside joke or something. Like that it's is a, too specific of a name. It's it's a reference to Boko from Final from multiple Running Final Fantasy Five. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's. Oh, uh, Bobby Co Corwin. Huh? But Fair not. Jo- it's it's Boko, not Joko. <laughs> and just yes. So th- those ATEs, I thought I thought were just so well done, just absolutely wonderful. Because you had you had a mix of of serious and a mix of silly in those, and it was very nice. I mean, every AT was uh, ET. Every one of them was just bringing us that much closer to Magnet Central. We know that's the entire point. <laughs> I like the Magnet side story. There, there, is a, there is a glitch in the Magnet. Well, stop using oil to put on your fur. Jeez. <laughs> he just wanted to be pretty beautiful. <laughs> Toner or whatever the heck you put on it. But... So, so, so back to, to the, the plot at hand here. So, you know, you get through the forest and, you know, you have a, a main bit of plot here where Garnet adopts the alias of Dagger. Okay, I actually have a question. Who always for... changed her name to Garnet. I, I actually Dagger. have a question for everybody here since you guys keep mentioning it. Who is everybody's favorite character? Vivi. I'd say, is everybody Vivi? 
I think it's. I, it might be unanimous because Vivi is mine. It's, it is not unanimous because he is not my favorite. My favorite is either Dagger uh, or Aiko. Okay. Dagger or who? Dig, Dagger or Aiko. Okay. I can't stand Aiko. I. Ridia was always my favorite Final Fantasy character, and Aiko is basically a reference to Ridia. Okay. See, that's weird because I love Ridia and I hate Aiko. I can I like the first time I played the game, I didn't like Aiko much, um, because she's and she's sick. She's a brat. And this time playing through, I was like, she is too young to be having conversations like this. I call BS on how old she is. What are these Moogles teaching her? But like for me, I mean, if if I said otherwise, Ronnie would call BS. If I said Vivi wasn't my favorite character, but part of the reason that this game is my favorite Final Fantasy is because even the weird characters who kind of show up later in the game, I really love this cast. I can always say that about every Final Fantasy I've played. I was say, I would say I would enough, guess your I would guess your favorite was uh, Vividija, but if you said it was Steiner, I would not argue with you. <laughs> oh, Bert! Oh, like, Bert! I... That's a, that's an argument Deja and I have had multiple times because while I like Steiner by the end of the game, I cannot I stand his, him in the first he couple felt hours. So fresh to me, just this humbling, but so trying to do what he thinks is good and. Like I, I, the reason I love all these characters is they all have very okay. Other than maybe Kina and Amaranth, but Amaranth I actually appreciated a little more this time through. It's subtle, but it's still there. They have very interesting um, emotional journeys uh, throughout the game. Even if it's a small thing like Freya's um, or Aiko's is major but comes later in the game, they all have such interesting narratives to me and I felt so much for all these characters. Freya Personally, is yes. Freya? Evie, the only one that I want to with me on my body forever. Freya for me comes as a close second. Vivi is my favorite yeah. character in the game. Freya is a very, very close second. Um, I, I love Freya, Such but I, I feel so bad that her story ends on disc one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I, I will give you that. I, I really wish they, they would have. I mean, she gets a sort of nice little bittersweet sort of ending at the end. Like in, it, yes, like, and uh, for the entire rest of the game, she's just in the on the sidelines, and that's so annoying because she's so good. Yeah, mm -hmm. like absolutely. So often, I'll, 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 oh, oh. Go, Ronnie. Four way stop. Who's going? Okay, me first. Uh, I was going to say I feel I I feel like we got Amaranth, who. I, I don't have an issue with Amaranth's story. I actually am fine with his story, but I would have preferred if he wasn't in the game and they had used the time they spent to build his story on Freya. Yes, please. <laughs> or give or give us Beatrix, who was yes. already set up to basically be a party member. For God's sake, that was I felt that Okay. I had there were two major 
slights that I felt playing uh, Final Fantasy IX the second time. The first, yeah, one, uh, yes, Beatrix should have been a goddamn party member. <laughs> what, that I would have taken her over Amaranth 11 times out of 10. Yep. It was uh, some sort of Square Enix tweet thing, or maybe it wasn't Square Enix. I don't know. I saw a tweet a couple weeks ago that I actually was commented on or whatever, where it was like, uh, comment on a issue, like a, 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 a negative of your favorite role-playing game, and I had, had the fact that Beatrix was never a actual member of your party. Yeah. Like, right, words, words are hard. The, the, the times that you actually do can play as Beatrix was a goddamn cock tease, and I was not happy about it. <laughs> I guess you they felt she be redundant with Steiner, but she's not really. She has very different moves. Yeah, and she get and you make her ultimate weapon at the end of the game and nobody can equip it. Yep. <laughs> what the hell shit is that? <laughs> I can, I can spend a crap load of, of money. I can spend a crap load of money and a bunch of items and I can make the save the queen, but no one can equip it. Cocktease. They so do actually go through with this sequel thing that they're seriously at. Then she better be in it. Yeah, we, that's something we hadn't discussed yet. We'll probably discuss at the very end. But I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but uh, three of the original members of F9's team have talked about how there are discussions to do a sequel with the original team. Considering their track record in making sequels, please, please, please don't. I mean, that's that, that's okay. That's yes. <laughs> I, can... I mean, I would consider. Final Fantasy VII, the remake, basically a sequel, and it is one of the best things they've done in modern day in the modern era. Yes, but please think back. 10-2, uh, 13-2, and Lightning Returns, okay, and but whatever the hell was it was. was. All of those were awful. Okay, but the 13s, 13 was bad. They weren't going to fix it in sequels, and I haven't actually played 10-2, but everyone I know who's played it has said that the mechanics are excellent, the plot is trash. So yeah. I would call that a mixed game. Yeah. Still, still, when when you're, you're playing, you're like, oh, this is good. I wish I could get into the story and not cringe every time a character opens their mouth. <laughs> okay. I can get that. Since we're on it, Ronnie told me at first I was like, oh, I don't know, but given that it's like, years later and yes their track record isn't great like with 13 since it was all planned in like the same time like that was just a not yeah well thir out 13 story. is a very special so i don't know scenario. if i can use that one as a 12 or x2 or whatever was i, I don't really know what the point of that was but i, think, I feel I like think nine is sorry that's okay um yeah, no, that that nine's like the only one that like we have an ending, but there's enough sort of stuff still there that if like we back to these characters five or ten years later, I think that there could be stuff there. Like Ronnie was saying, um, we were talking and he told me about a possible sequel. He, I don't think they stopped. Terra Gaia merging nope, necessarily. They did not. 
Kuja's still alive. And Garnet's queen. Like, so there's stuff there that they can play with. I just that's don't the, know if that would be good. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, though. Have you have you played uh, Final Fantasy IV: The After Years? Yes. Oh, you yeah. Oh, you just beat me to it, Tatiana. I'm I'm just about to post a review of that, and that was awful. It's like, yeah, they 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 set the game 17 years later, but everyone's been doing things that would have been realistic two or three years later. Yeah. But just, the way it's set up, it's like a complete nonsense, and I wish they would not do that to Final Fantasy. I, I mean, there are sequels that, that worked out well. Revenant, Final Fantasy XII Revenant went. Uh, yes, that wasn't bad. I, they, I have to give you that. That wasn't yeah. bad. Uh, Final Fantasy XII is basically like a, a, a continuation in the world, at least, of the Tactics series, and Tactics has its own ones with the Advanced series, and at least Advanced 1 is one of the best Tactics games ever made. Ooh, no, yeah, for the first Tactics, yes, but then Tactics Advance. <laughs> I, I think Tactics Advance, the original, is one of the, the best Tactics games. Tactics Advance 2 is absolute trash that I wasted, like, what, 90 hours of my life on? Yeah, we can agree on that one. Uh, that, no, no, say, that was one of the hardest things I had, I've ever gotten through. And I only got it through because of sheer stubbornness. <laughs> No, I thought I thought I thought the first tactics is not okay. Maybe the the actual tactics um, bit was was good, but the story. Uh. I like. I guess I saw the tact the original tactics, and that that this is a, another topic. So we'll we'll go off yeah. of this. But I'll, yeah. <laughs> I would say um, for the original tactics advance, for me it wasn't a plot driven game. It was a character driven game, and they did have a lot of character moments. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Moving um, back. And I just checked. 92 hours in that freaking game in, in Advance <laughs> 2 that I wasted. <laughs> but I'll never I get that. Burn it. <laughs> yes, burn it. Okay. Uh, yes, Brian. Back to the other Final Fantasy that we are discussing. Uh, ab yes, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. That's I. I that that is what's going to happen on these episodes. It happens. Uh, it's what ha whenever you talk about a game that's part of a series. Yeah, you, you kind of accept that there's going to be discussion about other games. Exactly, in the series. exactly. That that's perfectly fine. Um, so, but uh, blah, blah, blah. so then we we uh, after this whole thing in the in the evil forest, after the uh, the passive aggressive forest, um, we uh, <laughs> we arrive at uh, the village of Dolly, and. I always considered it like the calm of final. I th I thought the exact same thing. Except that DJ. stuff actually happens in this. I, town. Yeah. yeah. Instead of having an expo dump the way you do in calm, you get you you find that Vivi is here, and you find that these that black mages are being manufactured. Like what? Soylent Green is Vivi. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I actually said that on my stream. Like, ah, well, here we are. <laughs> Soylent Green is black mages. Um, but so this, uh, and and I love this, this more more characters. There's a plot point in here where you know the the members here, most of your party here, find out that you know there's 
black mages being manufactured, and Vivi's like, what the fuck? And uh, good old Bert, who at this point is still one track mind, the oh, I must return the princess to, to Alexandria, must t- send her back to the queen. He hasn't thought anything of, oh, this is evil. Um, it's good old, good old Bert. Um, it's like, oh, this ship is heading for Alexandria. Maybe if I lie to the group and because because we we established that uh, Garnet wants to get to Lindblom and Bert and all of his rusty metal do not because you know one get him some WD forty. I I mentioned it earlier, uh, but I cannot stand Steiner for the first many hours of the game. Yes, because he is just a dick. Like he just is. He lies to the party at times. He directly goes against Garnet's wishes when he knows what they are. Like, he, like even if you go, it's based on his loyalty. He, he is the typical white dude thinking he knows better. And that's the the, the other thing that's contradictory about this is that Steiner actually likes Vivi a lot, and you can see them, you know, having a rapport because like Steiner actually gets an extra move when Vivi's on the party. And it's yet, one it's one of yeah. the only things I like about Stein. And but that's the thing, though, and he never, he never even, you know, it never even crosses his mind that, you know, oh, you know, Vivi is having, like, a major character crisis right now, and he's supposed to be sympathetic to him, and yet nothing happens. Yep. I, and I, I will give, I give Steiner credit. I like him by the end of the game. He has a lot of character growth, and sometimes, and I, I, one of my favorite games, The World Ends You, has the same thing, where you will start a character in a place where they are unlikable because you need them to start there for them to have the growth you want for them to become a better person. Mm-hmm. I just... I I can't understand the love people have for him at the beginning of the game, because I'm like, do you not see? Team's just gonna, like, oh, okay. make me not eat tonight. Okay, so here, here's sort of my my thoughts on it. I can't really remember back to when I was 14, 15, however old I was when I was playing it in 2000. I don't remember being strongly against him as a character. I don't remember being totally won over. I think I thought he was funny most of the time. And then when he did questionable things, I was kind of like... This isn't going to work out, so it doesn't really matter, possibly. It was generally in replays later, after knowing sort of the journey he goes on, that I was like, Oh, Steiner, you're just a fuck-up. Like, you try so hard. And I sort of gloss over the definitely problematic things. I was playing it this time. It's not like his journey changed in my head but with the uh your warning politics i guess uh, with the current sort of climate and everything it was sort of thinking of his character journey sort of as someone who is so kind of nationalist but not in a like like who so believes in what country should be or what they think it is 
seems to just sort of conveniently be ignoring all the red flags that something is wrong and so makes her decisions but in their head it makes sense and then slowly after it sort of beaten over their head realizes oh this is this is wrong like it takes on kidnapping and like torturing her daughter basically for him to go wait what no this is actually a thing what i i can't comprehend but especially with like the protests and everything it just kind of makes me i don't know i took it sort of a i i like to apply stuff to current events and I don't know. I, I saw it sort of as a suddenly his eyes are open to there is a problem here and it's not what you thought it was or it's not what it was a couple years ago because as we learned Braun wasn't always like this. She was very loving and very kind and it was just after the death of her husband and everything happened and he just blinds to it. Like loyal to fault. fault. A, a huge fault. I mean, early early in the game, Steiner reminds me. Uh, if we're going to, we're gonna get, we're gonna bring in a musical here. Reminds me very much of Javert uh, from from Les Mis, just without the angry uh, jumping up and down and the you know suicide when he's presented with something that conflicts with his worldview. So, um, just law abiding to a fault and. Playing playing it the second time, yeah, Deej, that's, I was that I was kind of thinking along those similar lines, and he was one of those characters where it's just like, okay, as soon as I'm able to swap him out of the party, that's it, that, that that's it. I, I no, I just no, <laughs> I don't want to deal with this. So, like, but the first playthrough, I sort of shrugged Steiner off as a joke character. And it's like yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd say it's kind of easier to um, forgive um, his where he starts uh, because first of all he's presented as a joke character and secondly you know compare him to Sid from FF Seven that's much much harder to justify. Mm. I love With, Sid too, but like you, the domestic abuse is just not. Yeah, on. yeah. I kind of say bar, I'm hoping that they. Assuming that that's still in the remake, um, and Shara, that they handle that a little better. Yeah. I, uh, Sid, to me, starts in a similar place to Steiner, where he is unlikable from the starting point, but Sid never gets, never visibly gets that growth that he Yeah. Um, on the other hand, a lot of people find Sid a lovable character, and I don't understand but See, I, I, when I first played the game, I was like, yeah, I, I, I like him. Sorry about that. Uh, I like him. He's cool. But then it took me a few years to actually realize what was going on there. And now I just I just can't. It's like, it, this is so wrong. I just... It's abuse. Yes, like it is. Good, but I don't find him lovable. Yeah. He is that, like, old curmudgeon character, even though he's only, like, 32 or something. And, like... <laughs> So yeah, I feel like did. to round out the best, I guess. I'm like, okay, he's got his slot, even if it's very uh, upsetting at times. Yeah. And I feel like Sid, there was so much more they could have done with 
him taking over the party when you're gone. Yeah. Like, they had the opportunity to push that growth and redeem him, and they dropped that ball. Yeah, I mean, how is, oh, you know, yeah, they got married, now everything's fine. How is that solving the problem at all? <laughs> now they'll be abusive in a marriage. So much better. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> God. I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but speaking of SIDS, no, yeah, no, now we're no. in Lundblum, and we have one of my favorite SIDS ever. Oh, you know, yeah, that that's fine. We're, we we've gone an hour so far, and we haven't. We're <laughs> just now. I'm keeping this. We had some feelings, and then now we're in Lundblum. Yeah, we had we had some. Yes, Regent Sid, who <laughs> oh the one the one I will say one thing with Regent Sid, one thing I did not remember one of the. Because I, I remembered pretty pretty well the entire game. When I replayed, the thing I didn't remember was the end of Aiko's story at the end of the game where she ends up with Sid and Hilda. With that, I did not remember. Yeah, same. And, and also, I remembered Frog Sid. I did not remember Oglob Sid. Oglob Sid. I did not... But I, I did remember... Always with that well-coiffed mustache. I, you know, the mustache <laughs> he stole from Robotnik. Um, it's like part Robotnik, part Salvador Dali mustache <laughs> that, 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 that sits rocking here. But I remembered why he was an Oglob. And yeah. Just, yeah, because he was a cheating bastard. Was taking no prisoners. <laughs> he was a cheating bastard, and his wife was just like, "Nope." Oh. <laughs> also, I'm gonna take your ship you named after me. Bye. Yep. <laughs> Here, you're this insect. I'm stealing the airship. Ta. <laughs> uh. I, I do. I do wish Hilda got more time later in the game. Oh, totally. Yeah. Because they built her up uh, through all of this stuff, and I just. Like, not that she was bad when we saw her, but, like, she got very... She she was brought in so late, and she got very little screen time. Yeah. She was, uh... Yeah. It was a plot Wasted point. opportunity right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And she's the one who had to say, Kuja's a monologuer. Oh, so... Let me tell you his plan. Yeah. Okay. We don't, we don't actually see it, but... Uh, it's actually Hilda and uh, Beatrix that uh, stopped the final villain. They're working behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just distracting Kuja. Yep, th th they're the ones running the show. We're just here to uh, do mop-up detail. <laughs> um, you go in there and do whatever he whatever heroes do, and we'll just go around the back and shut down the ice. Oh, sweetie, you're doing so well. Okay, seriously, this is how we're going to do this. Yeah, basically. And so, we have a we have a couple more characters that need to be introduced here. We, we finally uh, Gina, yes, our gourmand, Queena, Queena, our blue mage, who she's just so random. That's what I love about her. She's like completely out of tune with everything else, and it's just so funny. She's just like I That's want to eat everything. It's an interesting take right there because it, even when I was a kid and especially now, I'm like, <sighs> I remember there was debates about what is Kina's gender. And I would like to think that if they were to ever make it like they did seven or something, that they would just use they. 
I say I don't understand the what debate there are. He thing was not great. I say I don't know what debate there are there is because they are they are very clear that Kina that nobody knows what Kina's gender is. I think they use he later in the game. Yeah. I know some people would say, well, Kina's female because Kina marries Vivi in the um, the dwarf village. And Vivi obviously goes by he, so Kina has to be a she, which yeah, no. that's very heteronormative, but okay. Yeah, and that was yeah, people's no. argument back in 2000. Yeah. But you see, the reason for that is that Japanese society is still very heteronormative. So the thing is... If we were 20 years back. Yeah, as much as, you know, I myself wouldn't mind if Queena was male, it's just that I think that what the writers had in mind was that she was female. That's why I like to just headcanon the, the Q tribe as a gender. Yeah, I, I always... Like, I always but there isn't really a... They're, they're just... Maybe the tasties. Maybe I'm going to lick this rock. Maybe it might taste good. Am I going to cook? <laughs> so after you get Andrew Zimmern into your party, um... <laughs> just i i liked i liked queen as, as as a character but i found playing playing having queen in the party just intensely frustrating because it really prolonged battles much longer than they needed to be because every time you have a battle and queen is in the party it's like playing pokemon in order to learn an ability, because you have to get your enemy nearly dead. Yeah. Well, I'll agree with that if you're trying to get the Blue Mage abilities, but I will go, Kina is, like, the most powerful party member for two-thirds of the game. Like, even if you don't get every ability, even if you just get two or three, Kina is able to... Kina, when I replayed the game, Kina did more damage than the rest of the party by a significant margin, for Frog drop. yeah, for nearly the entire game, for at least until disc three. That is just never liked Keen enough to put the work in. That that is some fork. <laughs> no, it's it's the frog drop. Her fork does randomized damage. Yes. Well, it it is the frog frog drop. But the other thing is, uh, yes, the fork is randomized damage. But you can get Kina's forks earlier than any of anybody else's weapons. So Kina always has. Uh, a step ahead of everybody else for weapons, which I believe is intentional because it's randomized. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair point. So, great character, and I just love how how Queen is just so just be like, yeah, I'm tagging along with you because I want to eat everything, and I'm like, Kina does what Kina does what Kina wants. Basically. Problem. Yeah. And <laughs> Some I of the funniest bits in the game are Kina based, like when Kina meets um or on the on the blue narcissus when first take off and Sid's a frog. It's the first time that Kina has met Sid and it's just like talking frog. I eat. <laughs> it's sort of having like an existential crisis about it. I and remember Terra just like, "Oh, shiny rock." Should I lick it? it? Yeah. yeah, and all the genomes are like, what are you doing? Yeah. Can, can I lick the science? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, like, and then, you know, what was there was a joke that I made on the stream where, you know, Kino would be, you know, it's like, this place, basically, this place sucks because there's no good food. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yep, there's your one star Yelp review. Uh, <laughs> Burme Burmesia. 
food sucks. No one here. No nightlife. Or uh, <laughs> torn. No food. Yeah. Or star. Memoria. And wet. Memoria? Question marks. <laughs> or not uh, Memoria. Uh, Brandbow. Uh, <laughs> just yeah. So so we have, have, have Queena, and then you know I think it's like six seven hours into the game when you finally when you actually get to Burmesia, where you finally get to meet our wonderful wonderful androgynous big bad. Oh my god! My favorite villain in the series. I I I flip. flip I mean, obviously, uh, silver, silver hair obviously has to be a bad guy. And <laughs> I was a teen playing the game. Even though they always use he with the pronoun, in that first scene and, and cut scene, I remember going, oh, that's a hot guy. Hey, that's a hot lady or, or, or a hot woman. Oh, that's a guy. No, oh, but those hips are like too good. That's got to be a woman. <laughs> Wait, I don't know anymore. They're just, they're just very, very pretty. Yeah. No, Pooja was, yeah. So, I know Kuja's a, a fan favorite. Kuja's not hey. one of my favorite uh, villains in the series, I think, because we don't get... It It takes so late in the game to get Kuja's development. And by the time you get Kuja's development, you don't even deal with Kuja except for one bad lap. See, okay, let me let me try to justify my point of view. So the reason why Kuja, no, you don't have to justify it. I know no, I'm in the minority. <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, I I, I want to explain it. It's just that, uh, you know, the, the uh, Final Fantasy villains, maybe JRPG villains in general, they they tend to have like really silly half baked plans for very silly half baked reasons. Kuja's actually thought his plan through really well, and. He actually succeeds. Like you, ha you have to remember that the party never actually beats him. He always wipes them out at the last moment. I mean, the final battle, he kills them. So, like he, 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 he's really. I think he's one of the most successful villains in the series, and it's because he actually has the brains to back up his good schemes. And it also helps that he's so damn pretty. <laughs> yes, going the years, going around. Taking, uh, destroying the world in that fashionable goddamn purple cod piece. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess for me, in a game that, don't has, that has such well-developed tagness, they it feels like they drop the ball on Kuj on that front. Okay, that's weird because again, I thought that he was he was doing really well <laughs> at that day. You know. Everyone has their their own different takeaway as they play the like, game. Like, like we don't get like we don't get just motivations or development until we're in the genome village with like twenty minutes left in the game. I think. And at that minute, that one second, let me let me finish one more thing. Um, let me finish my thought. And even with the development we get at the at that village, we don't really ever interact with again. Like, we do have that battle with him, but we never have a standoff. We never really have a we're talking back and forth with him. We don't have the the moments we had earlier in the game with him, between him and the party, where they could call him out on any of this stuff and really, really nail that down. 
like, we get Kuja without reasons, basically. And then when we finally know what's going on with Kuja, we have no more interactions with him. But see, that's the whole tragedy of it. It's too late by that point. He's already gone off the deep end. You know what's wrong with him, but you can't do anything about it because it's too late. And I think that's, you know, it, it's it's a beautifully tragic point. <laughs> okay. For me, Kuja is sort of the love child of Kefka and Sephiroth. And, but much more extra, I guess. <laughs> In the way that, like, He's like a puppet master of stuff. Like, he's not really like mind controlling Braun, but giving her the tools and sort of whispering in her ear, like, you know, I think those rats over in Bermersia might be uh, trying to take over. Why don't you go kill him a little bit? Here, here's here's a, a Odin for you. Um, so she's like, yeah, good point yeah th- I'm, I'm gonna rule everything just let it all burn he's like i'm gonna sit over here and just watch it burn and we don't necessarily know why for a good chunk of time then we get like okay like he just kind of wants to watch the world i burn i guess and so you're chasing him around kind of like sephiroth you just chase around the world where you're always a step behind him in what he's done and in 7 with Sephiroth you get little like people telling you stories or flashbacks or whatever so you kind of get why he's doing it and you don't quite get that with Kuja but at the end I, I really love that I was talking with Ronnie about this the other day when I was finishing the game I love that conversation Kuja has with Zidane at the end where it's kind of like sort of there like I need to die because like I was so close and I even fucked that up and so like what's even the point what what why am I what is the point of me existing like this was my point and I fucked it up so why like just let me die I'm nothing and felt that really hard (laughs) and I think that's part of the reason I like Guja even if majority of the game he is just kind of this fabulous sort of flamboyant oversharing villain (laughs) it's why i am positive on the idea of i'm hoping that uh yeah i would just want to see i'm hoping that kuja will finally be able to get that development that i was looking for like when we're we're talking fiction in general or rpgs specifically but just fiction in general you have villains that are force of nature these are the villains that are like natural disasters. They don't need a reason behind them. They're generally over the top. They are very, they, they are what they are. You don't get, you, they are not meant to be developed. They're meant to be reacted to. That's they, Kefka. They, that's Kefka. Absolutely, that's Kefka. The, the archetypical example when you read about this in fiction is the Joker from DC Comics. Yeah. Um, but that's Kefka. Kefka is that in, in this. And then you have the uh, developmental villains. These are villains that you understand where they came from and why they became what they are. And it's it, it, they, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to turn good. That doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to be as evil, but you understand. Um, that's Sephiroth, to be honest, because they, they give us that development. Yeah. Um, 
and Kuja feels like he wants to be a force of nature villain that they flip at the end, but he never quite goes far enough in either direction. So to me, he feels a little, a, a little, uh, my, I'm losing the word, um, not purposeless, but he, he, it, it feels like he would have been a stronger villain if he either went totally on the force of nature side of things, or if they gave us the development for him earlier so that it could actually matter to part. I think it would have been nice to get a couple, like, maybe a couple more minutes of their interaction or, or internal dialogue or something when Garland starts to come into play, because... So, like to think about the broad themes of Final Fantasies, mainly just because back when I was playing seven and eight in the AOL days, people would always go, Seven's theme is life and eight's theme is love, and but nobody ever said what nine's theme was. So to this day, nine. I'm like, what is nine's theme? So some people would go, It's life again, and I'm like, That's stupid. The one I've sort of set on because it's hard to pinpoint one that's like that covers everybody, but identity. The sort of one that I've toyed around with recently. So with Kuja, I think it's kind I, of I mean, all comes back to identity for him because he's like, what, "Why am I here? What's my point?" Like he doesn't really have an identity. He's like, "I was created to kill." And then he decided I failed, so they made another one that was better than me. And I'm like, "No, no, I, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna figure it out." And then he think- still failed. He's like, I don't. What? There's nothing. Like Ronnie compared it to Diego Montoya from uh, his bride, where after he succeeds at his thing, granted Kuja didn't, but then he's kind of like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I am though. What I am I besides I'm gonna kill the guy that killed my dad? I think the theme for the game is relationships, because every character is defined by their relationship to somebody else or not having a relationship with somebody whether it's Amaranth with his rival or Aiko and her family dying and then, you know, forming new relationships or Dagger, uh, first of all, with Zidane, because you have that, but also Dagger's relationship to her kingdom. Like, it's all about connection to, to me. So just to, to come back, like, it's, it's interesting that you guys seem to think that Kuja's still alive by the end of the game. I always thought that, you know, once the Ifa tree crashed down on them, that was the end for him because he was already wounded. Um, I, I always assumed that the Dane got out, that he found a way to get Kuja out. Yeah, well, maybe so. But uh, yeah, no, I, um, it's, it's, it's strange. For, for me, um, I thought it was interesting that Kuja went from this very cerebral planning sort of villain type to... Uh, you know, he lost his mind and he went all forth of nature and destroyed Terra. To I, to I am a dr- I am drunk on power. Yeah, yeah. And but the, the other thing is that he actually got this sort of redemptive moment with um, Zidane that um, I'm not sure any other villain in the series got, um, or at least I mean maybe maybe some of them did, but not to that extent. I thought that it made him more relatable so he went through this whole range of you know being being this uh, mastermind behind the scenes to being desperate and drunk on power to you know this broken, yeah i'm gonna let your friends go character. yeah 
there that is, you can sympathize with. There is one or two other characters who had that. Um, the one specifically I'm thinking of, which I actually think they kind of played off of for this, was Golbez from Final Fantasy. Um, Gold, oh, yeah, 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 yes, because in the sequel as well, yep. Yeah, because he, he totally, he totally flips by the end of the game. That, it's yeah, true. Yeah. That, that, actually, I did not think of that. But, uh, the other character I would say, um, I'm, I, I'm not going to name the character, because I know Brian has not played it yet, he may at some point, but, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen has a similar Fair enough. I'm not not that far in, so. So I'm not. I don't want to spoil it for people, but there is another character that would kind of fit that one. But I that's an after nine, oh, which oh. doesn't really count. Um, okay, I think I, Ronnie sorry. texted me to, so I know if I'm right. <laughs> but uh, Do you know yeah, what no, I'm talking about? We fought him like ten thousand times, Deja. Uh, but yeah, sorry, and to come back to the the, the theme thing. So uh, the reason I said memories was well because the game itself is designed as a trip down memory lane for the entire. Final Fantasy series up to that point. And, um, you know, the speech at the end for Vivi, it's all about the memories he made. Um, the theme song is about memories. Um, Memoria is all about memories. Um, there's this whole, uh, you know, Fre Freya's whole story is about, you know, mm -hmm. her lover losing his memory. There's a big, big um, theme of memories running through the entire game, which, you know, for me is kind of the dominant point. It's definitely been one that I've toyed with. Like I said, like my, at, at, when I'm on my deathbed, I'll be like, but I never decided what the definitive theme of Final Fantasy IX was. <laughs> There's just so many. Because what does it mean to exist is sort of a concept that plays around with. And for identity, I also was thinking like, Garnet's identity as a ruler, because she doesn't really see herself in a ru ruling position, but then she to sort of switch into that and she kind of delays it by being like oops i'm gonna go on an adventure with my friends for a while P peace out while you're trying to rebuild the whole kingdom yeah there's also that the, i'm remembering this now because yeah Z Z Z zidane doesn't remember where he comes from um garnet remembers her mother when she was still you know a loving mother aiko remembers her uh parents and her grandfather and yeah so again more memories it is a it, memories is the idea of memory still is a major theme of, of Final Fantasy IX. For me, I think the theme is hope. The, there is a lot for for all of the lighthearted moments that are in Final Fantasy IX. This is a very dark game. Yeah, it's never felt as dark as like seven and eight that were all like dreary crap that world where well that's that's the thing like, it's a it's gonna be okay guys because of the high energy of our characters and the humor that is woven throughout the 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 elements in the story like the very the the major you know the down moments of the game really are a punch in the Face. I mean, you have the destruction of Alexandria. You have the, the destruction of Clara. Oh, that was, was a big that one sucked. for me. It's like, oh, this, you know, Bermisia. Hey, like the people that fled Bermisia and went to Clara and were still and then died again, and, 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 or, or not again, but then wiped out. Freya, <laughs> when she re, when she re, 
when she meets up with her lover, Sir Fratley, and you find out that he has amnesia and how heartbroken she is. So how about that whole, we see Fratley right there, and then he never plays role through the rest of the freaking I do game. wish that he would have popped up a little yeah. more. Like, yeah. he could have popped up um, in all the villages. That's a way that... Out. That's a way Freya could have had a longer, like, sort of angle. Which, the thing I was going to say earlier was that's a very common Final Fantasy thing where somebody will have, like, a strong narrative early on or in the middle and, like, nothing around it. Like, Barrett in the original Seven was, like, really strong in the first disc. And then after, like, Karel, he was just there and and Avalanche along. And, like, he wasn't, like, important anymore. That's true, and I mean, because cool. with, with Freya, you get like, oh, at the end, they still managed to be together, but how did that happen? I want some more of this. Why didn't this, you know, happen? And he seems to love her. Like, how long have you been hanging out where he says, I love you? Or is Fratley one of those people who loves really, really easily? Even if all we saw was every town we went to, Fratley was there, and then we had a side quest that you could do with Freya, with Fratley in each of these locations, getting to know her again, helping him out, maybe do a quest or something with him. Even if he did not play a role in any of the main plot, even if they just put a side quest in there, that would have been enough. That sounds like a great idea. Well, get get on that, Ronnie. Start developing that. But uh, t- talking <laughs> talking about the destruction of uh destruction of everything. Uh, how about Lindblom and Atmos? Oh god, yes. still horrifying to oh, me. Like, damn. That was my introduction to to Atmos. Great like, introduction, oh, huh? Thanks. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Eldritch Abomination. <laughs> and 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 you know, there, you know, there you go again. You know, and the 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 overall the overall theme of hope in the face of utter despair is just. Uh, I was gonna say maybe the theme of this game is trauma. <laughs> I mean, there that 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 you could you could make an an argument for that. I'd have no. <laughs> but you know what? I want to compare this to uh, Final Fantasy V, which is another very lighthearted game. But when you actually look at what happens in it, shit's so dark. So many characters die. Still haven't uh, played that one. I plan to yeah. someday. My I my you guys were cutting out for a second. Which one did you say? Five. Um, five. Five. Oh yes. So. Yeah, and it's again like the characters are like most of the characters are, are like you know goofy and lighthearted, but then you look at the plot line, it's like oh my god. Yeah. So honestly, I think five has a lot of comparisons to nine in that both of them look more lighthearted and are lighthearted in a lot of ways, but with very dark themes. Yeah. Very, very, and just the the these like. Uh, some of these these moments in the game where the characters have to overcome such despair, and like, and some of the and some of these places that you you revisit, like Limblum after it's been destroyed, and Alexandria after it's been destroyed, and the, like the resoluteness of the remaining citizens. Yeah, it's 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 a very powerful message. That's true. It's very true. Good thing you don't re- revisit Clara, though. Uh, that was that was just absolutely upsetting. That was like, okay, 
that was, you know, and the game, you know, for whatever your feelings on Kuja, the game takes basically the, they build him up over three discs, setting you up as if he is going to be the one you face in the final showdown. <laughs> and, well, he does kill, he does kill the party. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and then, uh, oh God, yeah. Uh, that that'll be on okay, the, that'll so, be that'll be on the second half because we're just about out of time on the first half. Okay, I was about I, to go into my feelings on that whole thing. Uh, yeah, I, 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 two and a half minutes are not enough for me to just basically <laughs> let Necron have it. So, <laughs> one other thing that maybe we can bring up in the second half. Actually, no, I'll just talk about that in the break. Never mind. Yeah, I mean, we just have a whole second half to play. I mean, we've we've definitely we have definitely halfway through disc one. We've definitely gone off the story at this point. Now we're just. I, I was gonna say I don't think this. Okay, is, I think for for us, we're all familiar enough with it. I don't think we need to do the beat by beat in the story. We just have a lot of things we want to talk about in this game. Yes, feeling a- absolutely because. Uh, I'm not doing another six-hour podcast. That no, no, <laughs> never again, never again. And, and, and I still don't I, know I how you guys did six hours of that. I say I think I'm that middle point that that uh, between the, these two podcasts. So you can just blame me. Yeah, I am. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we we have uh, just the last couple things to to wind down this this first half with. So we, we've we've introduced most of our main characters. Um. We have our, we have we have our Kuja, um, our uh, our Kuja, uh, <laughs> and our Lord and Savior, our, our Lord and Savior. Lord and Savior. We're, we're gonna. Talk- we haven't we haven't talked about Aiko. We haven't talked about Amaranth. Yeah, that that, about that 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 is second half stuff. Um, so I'm just gonna close that right here. So that's that's what we're gonna do on our second half. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you know, you'll have some music. Uh, get get a drink, get something, play some Tetramaster. That's what we'll do in the se- <laughs> that's what we'll do in the break. We'll play some Tetramaster. So you are listening to our Final Fantasy IX 20th anniversary retrospective here on downloadable content. We will be back. <laughs> <laughs> 